Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. It is such a joy to be here, and you are probably wanting to ask me two questions. One, Laura, that's not the usual shirt you wear every single episode of the show. You know, that turquoise blue shirt that I, I love that I got from Chico's. Um, why are you dressed so warm? You live in Florida. Well, it hit 30 degrees, almost 20 with the wind chill last night. And the this area where I'm doing the show, it's all glass all around. And as you've noticed every week, um, I don't really have... Um, drapes or anything like that that actually insulate these windows and it's all around me is all glass and rather than crank my heat all the way up so that I can do the show I decided to pull out like the one fleece that I still own and wear that today but see I still got the same color theme going with my show so I'm having a lot of fun with it it's great to be able to put some stuff on that's a little bit warmer for a change and yes I still do have my hand in this I got some shots in it and we're hoping that it will keep improving as each week goes um, and Rachel Hanfling, who just commented, I miss you too, and I love you, and you're in New York, and I am praying that you don't have the almost two feet of snow. Rachel's in New York City. Um, I've got a wonderful guest for you today that my friend Jackie Lappin said, you must interview her. She's wonderful. Her book is lovely. And on top of that, she is supporting women and women in tech everywhere. And as most of my listeners know by now, I am a geek although I prefer intellectual badass. And I've been a woman in tech for as long as I can remember. So I love to support anybody in, in tech, especially women that are challenging the norms for growing their businesses and doing that math, engineering, all the STEM stuff that I love so much. So my guest today wrote this just beautiful, beautiful book. I mean, it it's small but mighty. I mean, I've I've read this and I reflected on it and I got goosebumps. But what I love most about it is it just, it's a story for the ages. It's one of these books that I think everybody should read because what it does is it makes you think. It makes you think about intention, about purpose, about reflection itself, reflecting on all aspects of your life. So I want to bring on to the show, Pat Alva Craker, who is going to talk about the book and more. So Pat, welcome to the show. Hey, Laura, it's great to be here. Uh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure and an honor to uh, be chatting with you about the book and also making an impact with your audience. So yeah, let's have some fun. Yeah, I'm just so excited to have you on. And I know that we've talked about this. I swear I must have crossed paths with you somewhere. I just can't remember where or when, but I that or you're like me, everybody goes, I know you. And I'm like, no, I just have that face. <laughs> um, you know, your journey to me is really interesting. Uh, you worked in the aerospace field 
Mm -hmm. right? Which is not a path that most women go into. Now, I live here in Florida where literally rocket scientists abound everywhere I am. And I've met rocket scientists that worked on Gemini and Apollo, which by the way is so cool. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's the neatest thing when you get to meet these people. What drove you to take that route with your life? Interesting. You know, um, I got laid off from another tech uh, company and I was looking for, I was looking for an opportunity and I had found that I knew a lot of people at uh, Lockheed Martin Aeronautics. So in my uh, search to find a new place to land, one of the gals I used to work with um, at IBM ended up calling me and said, you got to come over here. And uh, it was, Uh, an amazing opportunity because I didn't know anything about aerospace, but it intrigued me. And it was an opportunity to really um, get off uh, being on the um, traveling treadmill because I was traveling 80% of the time. Wow. And so I I needed a break. I needed to move into a job that uh, allowed me to stay at home pretty much and challenged me in an industry that I knew little about. And when I joined, I just fell in love with the industry. Aerospace is so fascinating. It is so fascinating working on the F-35 and the F-16 and uh, just really uh, having an impact on, uh, on how the engineers do their work and uh, supporting them on complex IT projects. You know what, it was like the, the cherry, the cherry on the cake. Wait, a great way to leave um, uh, corporate America, having really made a difference in this industry. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because you say leave corporate America, right? Your, mm-hmm. your career was definitely some of the purest corporate America you could get, right? Mm-hmm. IBM, mm-hmm. Lockheed Martin. And now you have your own business where you help women succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you work with men at all in that process, or it's I think it's strictly women is your sweet spot, right? Yeah, women are my sweet spot. Yeah. I I had a, a real passion for that when I first started my uh, my career in corporate. In both of these industries are male dominated industries, and so I found very few women that look like me. And when I did find them, I immediately gravitated to them because I wanted that that connection and I wanted to be supported by other women and I wanted to support other women as well. So as I ran into women who had uh, a hunger to you know, move up the, the chain and become an executive, uh, I said, let me help you. Let me help you get there because I want to see more women move up and, and I just have the gift of mentoring and coaching. And um, I, I said, this is a place for me to make a difference within these corporations and help move, move women forward. And that's really my passion is moving women forward. I'm trying to figure out the best way to word this question. <laughs> uh, I've been doing a lot of thinking about something. And I, I think this is a great platform to bring it up. I have a lot of friends who mentor a lot of other women, a lot of women throughout my entire career that have done nothing but lift other women up. Yet there's this thing that still goes around about how women are not helping other women. And, you know, I'm not really sure exactly what the question is. I know I want your insights on this, but nobody ever talks about 
the men who don't lift other men up, you know, at the same time. I really don't think this is a thing, women not helping women. I think it's more a thing of people not helping people. You yeah, know, there's always going to be people who are not going to lift you up and they're only going to stand up for themselves and try to knock somebody down in order to help them be up. From your experiences, both corporate into like me, we did our careers in male dominated fields. Um, what's your thought on that? Do you see this happening or not happening? I, I do see it happen. And I agree with you, Laura, that it's not gender specific, that, you know, it's the personality of the women that, uh, that you may be surrounded by or encounter because I mean, I, I think men do the same thing. We just don't talk about it. Right. You know, it, it's just one of those things that men don't talk about. And, and for some reason, women do talk about it because we're more sensitive and we notice when we don't see it happen. And we notice when we don't get supported, we're just more aware of it. So um, I don't think it's um, women specific. And um, and it is a shame that that's that, uh, you know, some women have noticed and have you know been surrounded by women who are very, very intelligent, where they, the women just had a different attitude about moving themselves up in the world and whether they wanted to bring bring others along with them. So. What do you say to women that you're working with when they're encountering things like this? Mm -hmm. The world isn't perfect and you're going to end up running into women who are like that. So I believe in living through intention. And so it's very, you know, it's, that's a main message in my book. So I, I tell the women, intent, bring into your world the women that you want to work with, the women that you want to mentor you, the women that you want to be a, a part of a circle of, and do it through thoughtful intention. Be specific on the women that you want to be around and what, what specific characteristics they have, the type of relationship you want to have with them, and start attracting that into your life. I love that. I love the whole idea of being intentional around mm -hmm. the people that you bring into your life. Um, two weeks ago, I had Nicole Scheffler on my show. I don't know if you know Nicole. Mm -hmm. um, she's, I just love her to death. And, and she was on the show and we were talking about how intentional she is about pretty much every aspect of her life, her building her career, building her successful podcast, her her separate career outside of her career and all of those different things. What is it for you about the power of intention that has you wanting to be even more intentional about what you do? Because it, I, I know that for me, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm so intentional. And yet there's these, what was I not thinking there? <laughs> <laughs> me not thinking there. If I'm doing all these other intentional things, why, when it matters, was I not mm -hmm. intentional? So yes. Um, so the power of intention is um, a practice that I learned many years ago from one of my coaches, and I began to religiously practice it. And through a disciplined, 
you know, behavior of sending everything through intention, I started seeing results and saw how easy it was for me to manifest things. And I truly believe that uh, we have the, the ability to create the lifestyle and the reality that we want. And that tool is the power of intention. Um, I am a, a follower of um, Esther Hicks. I don't know if you follow Esther Hicks. I don't, but people keep telling me about her, but I keep forgetting about her right after they tell me. <laughs> so she's, you know, it's ask her, you know, uh, her story and her books. She has one book that's called Ask and It Shall Be Given. And so I believe in that. And you can ask. And if you're open and ready to receive for that or something better, it will happen. So I started using this formula of the power of intention where I would actually start, you know, my sentence with my intention is, and then whatever it is I'd like to see and see happen, what the end result is, and and conclude it with easily and effortlessly. So an intention would be that for the show is that Laura and I have an amazing conversation that impacts a lot of women and moves women forward. And we do it having fun and it's easy and effortless. And it's that simple to set. And then you have to bring in the feeling. So the mind, you're painting the picture and then the feelings amplify what it is you, you want to create in your life. Cause feelings are really the core of the, the intention and uh, vibrating at a high level or a positive level just makes it easy to attract that into your life. And so you set intention on, I set intention on how I want to feel like during your show. And then I set an intention how I'd like for you to feel during the show. And then I let it go. I just release it and I ask for this or something better. And I do that for everything in my life. Everything. And it's, I love what you just said. I'm, I'm still, I don't know if you can see like this look coming over my face. It is intentional. It is as intentional as saying my intention is. Yes. yes. Like if you woke up every morning and you said my intention for the day is mm. like before you even got out of bed. Right. Right. Like you open your eyes or in that half waking moment, you said my intention for the day is to be intentional throughout the day. Yes, <laughs> just right, throwing something, right? right? Just yeah. to I love that because I know for myself lately I've been trying to complicate things. Because it feels like simple can't possibly be working. But with just a few words, you made the complicated simple. And the intentions um, don't have to be complicated, right? I mean, oh. my intention for the day is I don't do something silly with my hand. Yeah, that's simple. And Or my intention is to, uh, is to be in flow. I love that. Yeah. yeah. My intention is to be in flow and just uh, offer no resistance. Is that however the day unfolds, you you just take that in as that's this is perfect for me. In in your book, Catherine's Quest, One Woman's Journey to Elation, there's um, the main character is reading a journal from yes. her uncle Iman. 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 Uncle Iman. Iman. Okay, from her uncle Iman, and there was a, a comment in there 
um, one of the journal entries, and I, I don't think I dogged the right page, but he talks about, okay, um, here it is. I have decided to do the same, to go about my life with such intention. Intention seems to be key to the sacred journey. Mm -hmm. Intention and presence seem to be so important. It is important to be aware of moments and go about business with full intention and devotion. Every time I read that, I get goosebumps. goosebumps. You just gave me the goosebumps. <laughs> um, and then he goes on to say, I'm learning to enter into every day knowing it is brand new and to take each step and make every move with intention and to revere each day. Forgive me, everybody. This needs to be read because it's so important. And myself. The leader is showing me that my life is sacred and worthy of reverence, even though I might not have always thought I was worthy. Now I feel like I should say discuss. This is <laughs> everything we've just been talking about. My, my intuition said, I need to read this mm -hmm. out loud for everybody to hear, not only because of the, I have not always thought I was worthy, but just to revere your own life and your intention where did that come from? I mean, it's just so gorgeous, Pat. It, it, it is. You know, it's um, a, a lot of the uh, the practices that I bring into this book and the and the storyline comes from the challenges that I've had in my life. You know, the breast cancer, uh, having uh, my husband died at an early age and running a two acre ranch by myself, and and then being laid off. And you, um, it forced me to connect and go within. And ask myself, how am I going to lead myself out of these challenges, a stronger and wiser woman? And so I did, uh, I did a lot of reflection, a lot of meditation. I studied a lot and I learned that it's all about how I live my life. And it's all about intention. And once I intended to heal myself from cancer, and here I am 26 years later, you know, I intended to be able, right? Yay. For, for anybody listening just on the podcast, I attempted to applaud with my hand <laughs> in the place, but it was just that I just needed to applaud you for that. Go ahead. Thank you. And it, it was through these challenges that I learned how important it was to live my life on purpose, mindfully, and always asking for what I want. And I started seeing results. And it is amazing. It's for the simplest things. It's like when it's raining in Fort Worth, you know, my intention is to find the closest parking to the grocery store door. Simple things like that to, you know, I intend to be influential in the world. So there's no, there's no judgment on what it is you want to bring in. And so I started using that and I started journaling. Anytime I, I set an intention, I came back and I did validation. Did it happen? This or something better? Did it happen? And so I began to see the power in it. And um, I teach that to my clients. I thought it was a very important message to get out into the world uh, that living through intention is really important. And you said something you know, really important and part of that message is that we are on a sacred path. It is our personal path. We have specific lessons that we are meant to hear to learn, and they're going to happen through challenges, uh, through adversities, and we should go in being open to receiving what those are. So many times women compare themselves. 
they compare their specific journey to somebody else's journey or their chapter one to somebody's chapter five. And in doing that, we take ourselves from being intentional or present into living a life of comparison, which doesn't help anybody to do that. Some people, men and women, they compare their chapter one to somebody's chapter 72, not just the chapter five. And they're like, well, why aren't I there? Well, you know, they're like 10 years down the road and you just literally started. Exactly. <laughs> why and, don't we do that to ourselves? I know, I know. It doesn't serve us. You know, it doesn't serve us. So when you find yourself, you know, listeners, when you find yourself, why am I not experiencing the same level of success? Why am I not blah, blah, blah? Stop. Stop. It is that language that is preventing from the goodness to come in. Change the question to, why is it that I am so successful in my business? Oh, say that one more time. Why is it that I am so successful in my business? Change the question. Have you noticed with all of the work that you do that some of your clients almost don't start because they're looking at where somebody else is so they can't even start their new journey or start another level of their journey because they go, well, I'll never be able to get to their level of success or to any level of success. And if you do, what's your advice for somebody, one of my listeners that may be going, there's no point in starting now. Right. So what I tell my clients who do that comparison, there's a sphere of a beginning is I say, you know what? You're exactly where you need to be. Mm. You're exactly where you need to be. You want to start your business? You're exactly where you need to be in your business. Don't question your level of worthiness. Don't, don't doubt yourself. Uh, don't, don't feel like you don't deserve it. Don't set a bar that's not realistic for yourself. Everyone has their own bar, their own journey, their own lessons. You have yours. Stay in your lane. Accept where you are and start from here, right here. I have a book title for you for your next book. What and is it? You should write a book called The Fear of Beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to write a blog post on that. But yeah. this, people have this fear of beginning, right? This idea that why should I bother getting started or I don't know enough to get started. Mm -hmm. And in, in your book, you talk about this, that, mm -hmm. that whole concept of um, your, your main character as in with one hand turning the pages, um, your character, Catherine, I love the graphic, the oh, illustrations. Beautiful. They're just such beautiful illustrations. You know, she had, had this great beginning, you know, she had a really successful business. She was married, all this other stuff, you know, and it opens up with her business ends. Her husband leaves her. Uh, she has to move. And then she finds this chest, which has this journal from, from her uncle. And she was sort of paralyzed until she found the journal. Mm -hmm. I, I know I'm, I'm focusing a little bit about this because I, I can almost hear my listeners going because of everything that's been happening this last year. Um, 
they're afraid to literally set foot out the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I have friends that are in that place. Yeah. So um, do you have some advice for mm-hmm. those who are listening of maybe like the first intention they can create exactly. or some steps that they can begin beyond reading this book, which um, was really helpful for me too. And I consider myself pretty evolved, but also not evolved <laughs> at the same time, which is why I do this show because I love uh, perspective shifting stuff. But this book is about islands and different processes. It's a parable story, like my favorite book in the world, The Go-Giver, um, by my dear friends, Bob Berg and John David Mann. So what would, could you provide a, a question, a thought, some advice for that to get past that paralyzing? So I, I approach it in different ways. So I am afraid of and really get underneath this, what is ca- getting underneath that? What do you think is causing that fear? Because it's a level of uncertainty. And uh, all this environment, the, the media, you know, everything that you're hearing people are saying are causing this level of fear. And we get to choose whether we believe that fear. We, we get to choose whether, we, whether the world out there is fearful or we trust ourselves and trust the process of life. So many times I say, so what's the worst that can happen? You know, what's the worst that can happen? Okay, so what if they ask themselves, what's the worst that could happen? And they fill an entire journal (laughs) (laughs) with a list of what's the worst that can happen. The next question would be, is that true? Okay. And if they come up with, yes, it's all true. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Then then I would say, why don't we take those fearful statements and turn it into a positive? Okay. Turn it into an affirmation. You know, I'm I'm fearful of going out there because I think I'm going to get sick. Right? People are very anxious about if they have any underlying conditions, that they don't step outside because they breathe or they get uh, COVID. 19 that they will it'll be the end of their lives and and I I tell them I said what if you started your affirmation with why is it that I'm so healthy I feel great today I get better every day in every way is turn that around turn that start turning that mindset around into more of a growth mindset versus one that has you fixed into this box that has all these fears in it. For somebody starting out with the power of intention and mm-hmm. that work, I, I can hear my listeners, because my clients say this to me all the time too, Pat. Well, but I remember today, I won't remember tomorrow to say those things. Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah, I love that. I won't remember today so I can do it tomorrow. So one of the things that uh, when I work with my clients is I work on a morning routine. Morning. A powerful morning routine. That is the foundation is that of having you feel strong, empowered, confident, healthy, that you can take on the day. And so we work creating a morning routine. It can be as simple as 
10 minutes long or as long as an hour, depending on how committed you are and how much you're loving it and how it grows over time because you implement it. So I recommend uh, clients to do a mind, body and soul type of routine where they're moving their body. They're taking time to say affirmations, looking at their goals and then connecting with the greater good, their higher self, God, Buddha, whoever that is. And that in itself can take, you can do that in 15 minutes and being consistent about doing that. Because the truth is, everybody has a morning routine. They, the question is, is it empowering? Everybody has uh, Okay, everybody wait, has I, need, I need to, I, I just need to process that for a second. Okay, you said everybody has a morning routine, but is it empowering? Mm -hmm. Okay, I wanna cry right now. Mine's not. So there's a lot of women that in bed wow. pick up their phone and they start reading their email. And it directs their day. Or they get up and the first thing they do is they run to get the coffee. Um, you know, they press the snooze button on the phone two, three times. That is all a morning routine. That's a routine. Do you see the tears? I'm not kidding. Wow. I feel like I got hit by a two by four. Thank you. You're welcome. Wow. So what to you, and I know it's a very individual thing. Okay. Yes, yes it is. What is empowering for a morning routine? I'll just give you an example of mine. That, oh, love that. Okay. I'll give you mine. Wow, I'm just like. I'll give you mine. Okay. So when I wake up every morning, I take at least 15 minutes to meditate. And in my meditation, you know, I think of these, I do it different ways. I ask the, the question, why is it that my business is so successful? And I just meditate on that question. And I still, and I allow the answers to come in because that gives me direction. The other question that I ask is, what are the three most important things that higher self, God, you want me to do today? Well, how do you want to guide me today? And I just stay open. So I connect and then I exercise for at least half an hour and I change it. Sometimes I do yoga, sometimes I work weights, I ride my bike, I go walking, but I move, I move. Then I take time to write in my journal. And in my journal, I ask myself three questions. What went well in my day? What didn't go so well? And what will I do differently? Because I say this again. What went well? What didn't go so well? And what will I do differently? When you do this consistently, you become your own best teacher. And I believe that every day we can be a better self. And you do that by a sense of awareness and taking time to do the journaling. So that's my meditation, my affirmation. I visualize my day. I visualize the event. I visualize this podcast. I visualize the importance of that and setting the intention. I exercise. I read something every day or listen to a podcast. And then I journal. That's my, that's my, uh, that's my process. So something that's mind, body, and soul centric. 
Okay. And you said you meditate for 15, you exercise for or like I a half hour. For half an hour. And then I spend time doing my uh, affirmations. I journal. I read something. And usually my process is about an hour. Okay. So I get up pretty early and I, I'm really consistent about doing that. I, um, I feel very, um, very grounded when I do that. I feel very positive. I know what I need to get done to move forward on my, uh, on my goals. And I look at my goals and I, I also identify what are the three things that I need to do today. And um, the thing is that, Laura, we can't control what happens in the middle of the day. You know, we can, all chaos can happen. You know, we have customers that aren't just happy or your shipments don't come in or whatever that is. We can't control that, but we can control how our day begins. We can absolutely control that. And this is where your power is. So start your morning empowered so that you can handle whatever happens in the middle of the day. For some of my listeners, they're, they're moms and their kids are home, so they feel like they can't control <laughs> their morning when the kids mm-hmm. jump on the bed or, or whatever when they first wake up. Mm-hmm. So for, for them, what advice would you give? Okay. And also, I'm just going to throw this in there as well, because you have a very well-developed and um, it's become like that's how you start your day, mm-hmm. an hour long and whatever it is. But because we talked about how we don't want people judging your day seven, your chapter yeah. 75 to their chapter one, mm-hmm. can we speak to that as well? Right. For somebody who has no morning routine, they don't have to start with an hour. No. I, I, when I first started, I started with seven minutes. Okay. I said it was seven minutes. I meditated for one minute, stretched for one minute, wrote in my journal for one minute, read something for a minute, and read my affirmation, visualized for a minute, and set my and read what what, what and decided what the first three things were. I was able to do that in seven minutes. That's how I started. I was very disciplined. And then that grew. So the thing is that everybody has their own rhythm and you have to do what works for you. So when is that quiet time that you have? Find that quiet time. You know, maybe you don't, maybe it's only five minutes that you find that quiet time. When is that when you can actually, if the kids take a nap or they go to school, you can take that time to journal, to read. When is that time where you can listen to a podcast? Um, maybe it's when you're driving, taking the kids to school or whatever that is. You find that rhythm that works for you. And, and maybe it's at night. <laughs> and, and if it's at night, you know what? It's at night. It's at night. And it's just about taking some just time for yourself to really ground and grow and ask and uh, and be whenever whenever that is. I love I love that. Which leads me to something that kind of builds off of that, which is also in your book. Um, I don't remember which island it was, forgive me for that, but I think it was the the second island, the second parable, where, because I have this picture of your character, Catherine, as she's packing up her house and she's getting angry and she doesn't really want to look at some of the tough emotions. Now, for somebody that's trying to move towards Mm -hmm. um, living more intentionally 
to creating a more intentional life for themselves, some yucky stuff can come up mm-hmm. that may be blocking you for that. Mm-hmm. How do you work through or advise your clients to work through, well, I'm saying that my business is a success, but it's really not. Mm-hmm. I'm not being supported. I can't do what I want to do because um you know, you had breast cancer, you, you know, you, you've been through really tough times. Your husband died taking care of all these different things. It's not easy for a lot of people to allow themselves to feel all those things. Yet I feel that in the book, you put it so beautifully, how important to create new intention it is to be able to acknowledge Yes. The tough stuff. Mm-hmm. It is true. Um, and you're right. I mean, we we all have those those tough moments. I still have those tough moments. And what I say is, is you, there's different ways you can do it. You can sit down. You can sit down and take the time to write that out. You know, what is this? What is this causing within me? And just empty, empty out your heart and soul on a journal. And just write it all out, write it all out. And then, you know, throw, you can throw it away, but find a way to actually get that out. If it's on paper, if you're a writer, that's a great way to do it. If you just need to sit with the emotion and sit with it and say, okay, right now I'm really angry or I'm really disappointed or I feel like a failure or whatever that is. It's just to be able to sit with it and acknowledge that that's how you feel. And ask yourself how, would I rather feel? Oh, that's a great question. How would I rather feel? Because you're always at choice. How would I rather feel? And it doesn't it doesn't put down the feeling that you have. It doesn't invalidate the fact that you're feeling a horrible feeling. Um, my friend, Dr. Joan Rosenberg, I don't know if you've heard of her. She yes, I've heard of her. Yeah, I've heard of Joan. Okay. I, I love Joan. I've had her on the show, I don't know, four or five times because <laughs> her work, 90 Seconds to a Life You Love, is so beautiful. Um, what you were just describing doesn't invalidate the way you feel. It, you're, in your book as well, it talks about you need to acknowledge. Yeah all of those feelings if you want to move forward because stuffing them down doesn't move you forward all the way. There's always some part it's that's kind of stuck there. And yeah. if you can acknowledge it and let it heal, um, as a friend and therapist says to me, hug those emotions. Ah, I like that. <laughs> He's like, you know, just hug that part of you that is feeling that emotion because it probably just needs love. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the third island that you talk about. <laughs> was that was the and third island? So, oh, they're so fun. They're all so fun. <laughs> right. Uh, well, we talk about resistance, right? And well, Socrata is one. It could be the island of Socrata because Socrata is about responding to life versus reacting. Okay, so fourth island is love. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Socrata right, is also, and what you're, what you're, we're talking about here is also uh, associated with, uh, are you living life or is life living you? Mm. Okay, are you living life 
or is life living you? Everybody, you should be asking that question. And if you want to post that life's living you, um, feel free. We're here to support you. Um, okay, so go ahead. So if somebody realizes that life's living them, Pat, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Right. So what it means that that you are reacting to life versus responding to life. So people say, what's the difference between reacting and responding? No. When something in your day, unintended, however, however you choose to label it, right? Um, you step, responding means that you step back, you connect with your higher self, with God, whoever that is for you, and you wait for the best answer, this next step for you. You wait until you hear it, and then you take action. Versus responding or versus reacting where you just take none of that. You just immediately just say something, do something without thinking it through, without feeling it through. Sort of like when you're driving in a car and somebody cuts you off and the initial reaction is to flip them the bird or curse or whatever. Um, That's a reaction. (laughs) That's a total reaction. That's a reaction. I've gotten to the point now where somebody does that. I go, you know, I send a prayer up. Please, Lord, let them get to where they're going safely. I don't know what's going on in their life. Mm -hmm. Because when my parents were still alive, my mom would call and say, your dad's fallen. I've called an ambulance. And because he had Parkinson's. And I would, like, get in the car and drive as fast as I could to go those 12 miles. And, you know, I, I'd go through that pink light, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, or I'd be cutting in and out of traffic because I, I just needed to get there. So I've been there. So my now reaction is not to curse the person out, but to go, That's Lord, they're pro- they may be on the way to some crisis. Let them get there safely. Right. You know, we've all been there. Exactly. A lot of us when somebody's in, a, especially nowadays, you know. Yeah. But so it took a while to get there. Took a while to get there, but it's a perfect example of responding to life. Yeah. 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 Coming from New York, my first reaction was always <laughs> to flip the bird when somebody did that, you know, born in Brooklyn, <laughs> raised in the Bronx, and then Yonkers, you know, it's just that that was the reaction to traffic. You just did that. And then my my parents taught me you don't know what somebody's going through. Right. So like take the passion. breath. Yeah. Right. Having that level of. Yeah. When you were writing this book and when you work with your clients, Pat, I I can imagine because I know it goes through my clients' conversations with me when I'm trying to work them through stuff. But I'm curious to your perspective. They almost feel like they don't have the time to respond that life is so busy and work is so busy that if they take the time to pause Mm -hmm. that they're going to miss out on an opportunity that they're going to get even more behind. What do you say to that? And how do you advise my listeners to help them find that even if it's a one second pause Mm -hmm. to think or breathe, take a breath? Right. Really? It's true. Um, I found that the most productive people slow down. 
they slow down. They don't rush through life. They slow down in their day because that's when you slow down, you're you're better able to hear what is being said to you. You're be, you're better able to be in your body and fully present, being on that uh, that wheel, just going, 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 going. When it would be to your highest good to just step and be versus doing all the time. Oh, like the Frank Sinatra song, Doobie Doobie Doo. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a shout out to my friend Marion in Bardson. She told me that. <laughs> I love him. So, yes, it's uh, slow down. Slow down. Okay, but how? I mean, how do you tell people to slow down? People, I know tons of my friends in the tech world who are working from home right now, who, you know, their husbands may be working from home as well. And, but it seems like the woman is still responsible in most cases for getting the kids set up and making sure that they are paying attention to the lessons. If their kids are at home, not at school mm-hmm. and they're trying to order groceries or do this and this, and they don't even see how they could possibly do this. I mean, I, I talked to some of my friends and I'm like, I live alone. I have it so easy right now. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's true. Some people feel overwhelmed. And some of the comments that I get, well, if I was just better organized, I could get this done. You know, if I could, you know, I could just, if I was just better organized, then I could take a breath. And I would say that you have a full plate and that everything cannot be a number one priority. If everything Mm -hmm. is a number one priority, you have no priorities. So it's important to set priorities. When you understand what your priorities are, then you set the timely. Things that are, you just let them go. You delegate them, you give them to somebody else to do, you ask for help, but you have to understand, it's really important that you understand what your priorities are and that you allocate your time accordingly. And uh, not, Try not to boil the ocean. All is, is it really important that all these things get done? Um, who can help me with this? Um, is this a urgent and important task? It's a you. you there's got to be a, a thought pattern of how you're using your time and what matters, so that you can slow down, take a breath, in minutes every hour to just, you know, kind of sit back and chill and stand up and move. It's just what is really important to you. Every you know, I've, I've never heard the phrase, don't try to boil the ocean in one day. I've <laughs> never heard that phrase before, but it's so perfect with what you're just saying. It, 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 a lot are trying to boil the ocean in one day. Mm-hmm. You can't drink an ocean in one day either. So just take it one sip at a time. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's... Wow. You're just so brilliant. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm so glad Jackie lesson. was like, you have to interview Pat. <laughs> it's the lessons, the lessons that I've learned along the way. 
Now you, you talked about a morning routine. Do you have an evening routine as well? Cause you know, everybody talks about the gratitude journals and things like that. Um, I do them and stop them and do them and stop them. What is your evening routine look like? So I start my unwind half an hour before I go to bed. So half an hour, uh, I start, I get into my PJs, I wash my face. I, during the brushing of my teeth, I said, what am I grateful for? Well, my teeth is for, what am I grateful for? And I like to read something inspirational. And so I'll read something, either I'll read or listen to something inspirational because the last thing that goes into your mind is what your subconscious works on. So I want it to be soulful, really soulful when I um, go to bed and it's something, I'm not watching a crime bed. That's really, really important that you not do that. And then what I do is I do an exercise called unraveling. So in the unraveling, I just, you know, sit on my bed and I just play back the day as if it was a movie from the time I got up to the time that I go to bed. And I just, I just observe myself in every situation. And I ask myself, what went well from that day? You know, oh, this, the podcast went really well. Why did it go well? And then I go through asking and oh, this meeting I could have gone better. Why, why did it not go? Oh, I'm noticing that, you know, I'm joining meetings that don't have a anymore. And it's process that you end up learning what patterns fits, what works for you, what doesn't. And then you make a decision to do something different the next day. Do you so journal I, the unraveling? I, I love or to just... journal everything. Yes, I do. I, I, lo I love to write. So I do journal what went well. If I, if I take it in right there, and I always have a notebook and a, and a pen. So I write them up and um, then meditate on them in the morning and see what else. Because as I note that, you sleep on it and then pop. Things come up. Can and you wonder what that is? From the end of the day to the beginning of the day, or does it have to be yeah, from the beginning of the, the day? Around. You can do from the back to the morning. Okay. Either way, observe your life and notice, notice the patterns and what you do and how you feel. It's it's an interesting exercise because I'm I'm just thinking through it going. Um, a friend of mine, David Ralph, has a TV uh, podcast called Join Up Dots. It's got like ridiculous numbers of millions of downloads because it's so good. But he talks about this linking all the dots together. Mm -hmm. So by doing the unraveling that you're talking about, you can actually see how an intention or lack of intention could have created what happened. Yes, I, I love the concept of that. I mean, I've gone back in my life many times and and said what I thought was a really horrible thing that happened when I look at what happened as a result of that, so many blessings mm -hmm. came as a result of it. Like my brother passing, I still wish he was here, but I saw how it set a path of yes. where my life ended up. And when I left my corporate job with Pitney Bowes and started my own tech company, those different things, how they do that. 
do you ask yourself a question to get started in the unraveling or did you just go, I'm going to unravel my day? I'm going to unravel my day. And then I start watching. Okay. And then there's, a, there, I mean, there are questions, right? The same questions that you can use in your journaling is when it, you go through a situation, you know, okay, so that went really well. So why did it go well? Where's the lesson in that? So you're asking all the lessons that contributed to the success in certain things. And then you're also looking through, okay, I learned I could have done this better by doing X, Y, and Z. So that you become your own guru. You're the one, you're your own best teacher. School is unraveling. I love that. I love that. Um, we're getting close to the end of the show. So I want to make sure that you share how people can get your book, reach out to you if they have questions yes. or um, just reach out. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love, you know, I'm a communicator. I love to communicate. So on my website is coachinggroup.com. You can actually download chapter one. You're going to fall in love with the book. Oh, totally. You don't have book. <laughs> and you can go back and order the book from my website. I also on my website have provided uh, a journal to go along with it and affirmation card. So oh, I'm going to have to get those. <laughs> for your show, I will send them to you. Oh, thank you so just, much. Just, just give me your address and I'll send them to you. Okay. You can make Okay, you're blipping. Hold on. Oh, you, you blipped, you froze. So start that part over again. So to make it a differential experience for you, yourself in the book by and then getting the affirmation cards and they all connect with every island and every chapter so you can order the package order the package for a leader in your life it's valentine's order this package for someone that's a leader in your life a woman leader i could see moms buying this for their daughters absolutely i had a lot of those for christmas yeah um, a recent graduate, somebody in high school. I mean, I just think this book is so beautiful. Have you considered writing a study guide for it if you don't already have one for? I have, yeah, it, I have associated a coaching program with it. Okay. And a coaching program with it. And I, retreats, I also do retreats. So it's become a core of my business. This book. So I embed it into everything that I do. Okay. And uh, once I, again, how people can get to you, get to your book, order the, the package with the journal and the affirmation cards as well, and maybe find out about the coaching. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Majesticcoachinggroup.com. There's a Taverns Quest. Click on that and you'll learn every book and how to order and download. There's a contact form. I, you know, I invite all your listeners who have um, bought the book who want to have a conversation around it i will i will offer three a free strategy session on the book so that i can help move you forward i'm on social media under majestic coaching group facebook linkedin and uh, Insta, um, instagram at alba craker and uh, thank you for giving me an opportunity to educate inspire and empower your audience 
Oh, well, I, I'm so glad that I got to read the book and got to know you and we'll be, we'll be chatting more. Um, we didn't go into a lot on this book, but what I read out of here for, for those listening right now, um, if you missed that part, that's the beauty of podcasts. You can go back and rewind if you weren't listening to us live. It, it is going to be out on all the social media platforms. You can get it on podcast or whatever. But I just, Pat, I just want to say that it's one of the most beautiful stories about why intention is so important I've read in a really, really, really long time. And I read hundreds of books a year. So um, just thank you for putting your words to paper in here, because it is truly a, a blessing that you put this book out. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. And MajesticCoachingGroup.com is where they can buy the book from and the other pieces as well and get a free coaching strategy session to help people maybe figure out their first step for their intention. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I appreciate you. All right. I appreciate you too. As you can tell, I just love the book. And you brought me to tears today because I realized, I mean, um, listeners out there, I was brought to tears because I realized my morning routine was not empowering me. I always thought that it was, but it's so not. That's beautiful. So hopefully everybody will take that forward who are thinking that, you know, I can't achieve what Laura did. I'm learning every day and I'm certainly not perfect. (laughs) Me too. All right. Hang on. I'm going to close the show out. uh, Thank you again for being here, Pat. You're welcome. All right, everybody. You can tell I love this book. I love the story. Uh, I've been talking a lot the last few weeks about intention. Even last week with John Warlow talking about selling your business. It is so much about intention where you place your intention. And it doesn't have to be hours worth of intention. Start out slow. Make one intention for your day. I know what I'm going to be doing now is setting a new intention for my morning routine. So I'm putting out there to the world that my intention is that I create and step into a new morning routine starting tomorrow. And I'm just going to ask for whatever that may be. So I would love for all of you to share with Pat and I what your intentions are. Put that out there. Let us support you. Let us hold the space. And if you need help with us, reach out to me at laura at laurasteward.com on any of my social media. Reach out to Pat. Take her up on her offer. Grab a copy of the book. Because for me, shifting perspectives, creating intention and helping you live the best life that you want for yourself that you could not even imagine is what this show is all about and who I am all about. Lift someone up today and remember the right questions can change your life. What are you asking today? Have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.